And the motion picture is the most important art film ever devised by the human race. It is the, the art form that creates more empathy than any other. It creates our ability to step out of our own shoes. Welcome to the Great Movies Pod, a retrospective film review show where we discuss the films covered in Roger Ebert's seminal film essay collection, The Great Movies. Uh, I am Dylan Cuellar. I'm Jana Gardner. And I'm Nick Fulton. Today we are discussing The Bicycle Thieves by Vittorio De Sica. It stars Lamberto Maggiorani, Liana Lecarel, and Enzo Steoli. Sounded great. <laughs> yep. All oh, good. God. <laughs> This is, I, I hate getting foreign films. It's a lot of names. It's a lot of names. At least it's not as bad as the Apu trilogy. Right. Those were... Yeah. Ugh. Um, the film was made in the backdrop of post-World War Italy in 1948, and it was one of the most the initial and most influential films for new realism, the style of filmmaking that defines Italian movie history. Um, starting off, um, what was your guys' uh, history with The Bicycle Thieves by Vittorio De Sica? So this was another one that I hadn't seen before until watching it for the podcast. Um, you know, kind of, kind of like with, I'd say, most comparable to 400 Blows, where I had just heard, like, it's one of the best movies of all time, but it is old, it's in black and white, it's not in English, and it seems like a bummer. So it had not really ever <laughs> been at the top of my to-watch list, because... Um, any one of those things on their own would not usually stop me from watching a movie. It was really mostly just that it seemed very sad. And uh, <laughs> kind of loved it. But you liked the bicycle? You liked the 400 Blows? I though? did. I did. Um, and this, I will say though, 400 Blows, I had no idea what it was about or I thought I knew. And then it was kind of different. Bicycle Thief, Bicycle Thieves, we can figure out which way we want to go with that. Um, I pretty much figured I knew what it would be about. And that's pretty much what it was about. <laughs> uh, but so I, I don't have a ton of experience with Italian neorealism. This was sort of my first time uh, dipping into that pool. So it was interesting. What about you, Nick? Mm -hmm. um, I'd seen it two or three times before. I remember the first time I saw it, my dad um, it was maybe in high school. My dad was like, hey, we should watch this. It's, you know, considered one of the greatest movies of all time. And I was a shitty kid who I was like oh it's an Italian movie I like The Godfather and it was not like <laughs> The Godfather I'm like well it's you know it, right. it was a little bit boring um, and then I've rewatched it since then and obviously it's uh, I, it's one of the greatest perfect. movies ever made I think um, <laughs> if, if you look up in the encyclopedia the word perfect they would just direct you to the Bicycle Thieves page yeah so the last time I watched it was uh, about three years ago me and a couple of friends of mine were um talking about doing i mean basically what we're doing only um not in podcast form just in like book club form we were gonna do like sure. a movie mm. movie club for books and the first movie we were gonna watch was the bicycle thieves and only two of the three of us watched it and we texted about it like a little bit and then we never did it again <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, like, no. like many a book club that starts off yeah. with such good intentions and you read one book and then it just yeah that sounds so, about right yeah <laughs> that's exactly what happened but we both we were both just like oh, oh my god it's so good it's it's such a bummer um which equates to good uh so yeah I, i've seen not it always <laughs> not always but uh in this case it does and then like I'll, it does um I, I do feel like we should 
um, at least mentioned that this was, it, it came up a lot a few weeks ago when we were talking about Satyajit Ray in his um, Apu trilogy, but this was like a sure. huge, huge influence on him. And I think it, like it's not hard to see kind of like the stylistic mm-hmm. um, choices that Ray makes in that trilogy and especially in Pathar Panchali um, compared to this movie. So yeah, I, I really, really enjoy this movie. Um, what about you, Dylan? So this is one of the movies probably in the book that I have the the biggest history with or the most influential history with. Um, this is probably one of the first movies from the book that I saw when I got it in elementary school. And it was because there was an Italian film festival in Albuquerque. Um, pretty quickly after I got it, my mom decided to take me and um, I forget if... We just randomly saw the Bicycle Thieves, or if we saw it because it was from the book. But I, either way, we, 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 we just we decided to go to the Bicycle Thieves. It was me and my mom. We had a good time. Um, I think we also had an... We went out to an Italian restaurant before it, so... It was in a good mood for it. Um, and... I mean, at this point in my life, I'm like... Still at elementary school. I think movies are supposed to be happy. And I didn't, I didn't, uh, I didn't know you could end a movie that way. <laughs> sure. I, when the credits started rolling, I was like, what the <laughs> fuck? Where's the last bit where he gets his job back? Right, exactly. <laughs> I know. Or just something. It was like, I don't know. That That's probably one of the most influential movie moments to me, was just realizing like, oh, doesn't have to be half. I wish I could remember what the first movie is that I saw like that, that like made me realize that, oh yeah, maybe everything doesn't always work out in the end. I feel like that is a pretty big moment, but I can't think of what that might've been. Like, I'm sure I saw like bridge to Terabithia or something before it. And like, that's sad, but there's like resolution. Yeah. There's a lot of sad kid books like that. I mean, you read your, but but they all resolve. Yeah, exactly. It's just more like, well, they at least bury the dog. Exactly. Exactly. (laughs) Yeah. And like, there was no burying the dog moment in this one. Yeah, It's not even like they go home, you know, and well, it was a bad day, but they'll have dinner with the family or something. It's like, no, no, it's just over. (laughs) Like, (laughs) Yeah. Or there's not even, like, a classic, like, foreign movie trope, which is just the character commits suicide, because they... I'm glad <laughs> it didn't go there. <laughs> no, but again, like, that would have been resolution for sure. me as a kid. And just, this so open-ended was... I remember driving home, and it was raining, and that doesn't usually happen in Albuquerque, and I was just, like, so mopey. So, this movie wrecked me, and in all the best reasons... And it did again, rewatching it recently. It's perfect. It's just perfect. Um, Jana, I want to ask you, now that you've had your first taste of neorealism, mm-hmm. what did you think? Um, it's good. It's not exactly probably my just, like, favorite genre or, you know, not something I just really vibe with, to put it kind of in a cheesy way. Um, I am, I think... Comparing it to, like, the, the Satyajit Ray trilogy and, you know, Peter Pachali in particular, for some reason that, like, that blew me away when I saw those movies. And maybe it's just because Bicycle Thief is a little bit more familiar that I w- didn't quite have that same reaction to be, like, blown away by it. But 
um, I do like the sort of day in a life aspect where it's just, you know, this is just the terrible world these people live in. <laughs> and the use of the, um, and we'll talk about it, I'm sure, but apparently like non-professional actors just casting sort of real people out of this belief that that's the best way to convey, you can just play yourself, um, is an interesting choice that I think works really well in this movie that I probably would have been more skeptical of before I saw it. Nick, Nick what, what, what do you feel about neorealism? I haven't seen that many neorealist movies, but it is like very much my kind of thing. So I don't know why. I yeah, haven't seen <laughs> it's much more, more in your wheelhouse. Yeah. yeah, it's very much in my you, wheelhouse. Like you did recently log a very neorealist movie on Letterboxd, though. Uh, Bicycle Thieves. Yeah, we're we're talking about <laughs> it. Right talking about no. <laughs> Are you talking Umberto about Umberto D? Umberto D. Yeah, yeah, by yeah. the same. Uh, yeah, by, also same. by Vittoria De Sica. Yep. And, um, Did you finish this, that? You saw, you finished it, right? Yeah, Umberto yeah, yeah. D. Yeah. The same. Uh, the same writer, uh, Zavatini, uh, is this as well? And that was also a, a really, really good movie. Um, and then I've seen like a couple Rossellini's. Um, I think I've only seen one uh, Fellini, like pre kind of his change with like the little Trevita eight and a half um era but it, it's my speed of of movie so i i do need to like make an effort to go out and see more i'd actually another like podcast that i'd thrown around the idea me and my cousin were talking about doing this like maybe five years ago is we were just gonna make like movie marathons where like we pick five or six movies in, of, of a similar theme mm-hmm. and the first marathon that we'd planned on doing was italian neorealism because it was like kind of a blind spot for both of us and i really haven't filled that blind spot much <laughs> in <laughs> again in wrestling time, plans so, yeah. <laughs> so uh like for this episode i wanted to watch umberto d just to have a little bit more um familiarity with Desika's work so i'm i'm very glad i did that is that movie also extremely mm-hmm. sad i saw it's about like a man and a dog yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, I mean, it's. I don't. I don't want to give it away. It's like I would say that the whole movie is maybe more sad, like throughout, but it ends okay. on a like a little bit of a grace note. Whereas okay. this is only like somewhat sad throughout, and then and it then ends ends bleakly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Fair anyway. enough. Um, personally for me, um, I'm kind of with Jenna, Italian neorealism isn't necessarily my thing, but I think when it hits me, which would be like this, Knights of Cabria and Rome Open City, that might be it, but those three movies I freaking love. Those are great movies. Um, so yeah, let's get in to start talking about Bicycle Thieves. Um... The movie opens on a crowd of people um, that are getting handed out work permits, and our hero, uh, Ricci, is given the job of uh, plaster for posters, but he must have a bicycle, which he claims he does have. He does not have. (laughs) Um, And... The way they have to get the bicycle back, because he has pawned it, is they he and his wife strip themselves of their bedsheets and 
honestly, like, they upsell the Goodwill about how much they're going to pay them back yeah. <laughs> for the sheets. Yeah, the pawn shop. Um, yeah. Yeah, to get... And then they 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 are able to get Richie's bicycle back. So, what do you guys think of this intro with the the wife, Richie, and uh, Italy? I mean, it definitely drops you into the reality of this world, you know, post-war Italy, and just the extreme poverty that this family and it seems like most people in their neighborhood are living with. So it sort of hits you right away with just like, oh yeah, capitalism bad. <laughs> Like, this is, this is no good for anybody. Um, and that, yeah, that everyone is so desperate for a job. And that, you know, when he finally gets an opportunity to get a job, he has to jump through all these hoops just to be able to make it happen. Um, and so, yeah, it, I think it does a good job of setting the tone kind of right away for what this world is like. Yeah, one thing that is, I think, difficult a lot of times um, – with foreign films or films from a different era, even if it's from the same countries, you, you may not always know like what the like political or economic situation is. Mm-hmm. But in this, like, you know, right away, even if you don't know that this was made right after world war two, even if you don't know, like that they're in the midst of an economic depression, um, mm-hmm. following the war, you immediately are, are put into that place where you know what's going on. You know that, all those people there it's not just um Ricci, it's everyone else who's outside and he gets this job because he has this thing that he doesn't even have right so he's like they're on, he's only able to get this job by like lying he basically hustles the guy mm-hmm. um and then he mm-hmm. has to get rid of his bed sheets like god yeah like, and that's apparently a, that's an awful <laughs> thing to have to get rid of and apparently spend- these were like i was reading about it and apparently these are like the the dowry bed sheets so like this would be like a treasured family heirloom so it's not even just mm-hmm. like you know if i had to sell my bed sheets like that would be terrible but you know i just bought them over at the you know bed bath and beyond or whatever but these are like their family <laughs> heirloom emotionally yeah. you know significant bed sheets and that's what they have to part with just to get this bicycle back so he can earn money to feed his family mm. and it shows you the stakes of like that's how important mm-hmm. having this bicycle is and how like and subsequent to that how important having a job is is that they're willing right. to go bed sheetless mm-hmm. yeah for the foreseeable future because that's all they have they had to sell the last bike so that they could eat yeah. So, yeah, it's not a good situation to be in, but things are looking up because he's got the bike. So, <laughs> yeah. yeah, I think it's going to work out and, fine for him. And then the uh, the wife goes to see the Holy One, mm-hmm. which uh, is a woman who has like some sort of confessional therapy religious experience thing. I don't know. Seems like a bit of a cult. <laughs> It does say that um, they. This is a woman they met doing research for the film. Like they went to her rooms and they talked to her, and she, yeah, was called the wise woman. She's a psychic, um, and they based like this character on this real person. So I just thought that was weird because that is the, one of the things when I was watching it too. I'm like, huh, strange. Uh, is this an invention for the film? But no, apparently that was a real thing you would go and do in Italy at this time. But but did they cast her to play herself? That's the I thing. don't think so. I think they, they <laughs> okay. cast an actress in this instance. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, and uh, I love the scene where they leave the Holy One's place, mm-hmm. 
where uh <laughs> did you guys hear that <laughs> yes yes <laughs> that was great yeah. <laughs> Anyway, um, so they're leaving the wise woman's place, and it's like Roman Holiday, where it's got like the two people on the bike together, and there's happy music, mm-hmm. and they're running, they're strolling through Italy on their bipedal uh, transportation device. Um, movie definitely doesn't end like Roman Holiday. No. Although no. Roman Holiday doesn't end super happy, but it's a much happier movie. Yes. <laughs> Yeah, it's, um, it's really a brief moment here where you get this sort of, you know, like there's there's some success. Hap- yeah, it's like okay, think things are working out. Like maybe this will all be okay. Uh, it doesn't last too long, unfortunately. No. And I think they do a really good job of finding very good locations of like really dilapidated buildings, some mm-hmm. that look blown up during yeah. fighting. Like there's a lot of broken buildings. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it really sets the mood. Yeah. Um, even when they're having this celebra- celebration moment of, yeah, we got the bike yeah. and we saw a wise woman. But yeah, I noticed that about the buildings, too. Even in, I think it was when we were watching Eight and a Half, that that's one of the differences, obviously, as people who live in America versus people who lived in Europe after World War II, where there's just like actual buildings around in, in the towns and things that just are physical reminders of an actual war. Um, which is useful in especially a movie like this to just sort of add to the sense of despair <laughs> that's underneath everything else. Mm-hmm. Um, so he goes home with the bike, and we kind of get to meet the the rest of the family. There's a there's a wee baby, a baby, yeah. Mm-hmm. And then there's Bruno. Yes. Not a Bruno. lot of kids named Bruno these days. I know. I was thinking that too. It's such a funny name for, and it it seems very fitting for him because he seems like a little old man. Like <laughs> he seems like he should be named Bruno. He's got his little he's, jacket and his little attitude. Yeah. And he's far like <laughs> he seems more responsible than oh, Antonio does. He's like, he does. Hey, it's like there's a there's a dent in it. How come you didn't notice the dent? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He seems. Yeah. He seems more like a like a buddy kind of. For mm. his dad, which I think is neat. Love Bruno. Mm-hmm. Bruno's the best. I yeah. love this kid. Now, like, I, the, I, the, the faces in this movie are so good, but this, mm-hmm. like, how do you find a kid like this? How do you find a kid that looks like this? He's incredible. Yeah, yeah, it's a perfect look. Uh, who's who's the better kid, Bruno or Antoine from 400 Blows? Oh, Antoine. But, I was like, going to say, on. what do you think Nick's going to say? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Bruno's really good, though. I thought Nick he, would be reasonable. <laughs> Bruno's really, he's also asked to do a lot less, right? I mean, he's hes yeah, a fun supporting character. He's not not carrying the thing. I i know, but it's a great supporting performance. It, is. it, it really it is. is. It really is, yeah. Okay. And also, incredible lead performance from Liberto Maggiorani, mm-hmm. who um, he, let me see, I had this pulled up. He was working in a shop factory. Um, he's working as a turner, which is when you turn machine processes. <laughs> and I, don't know uh, what any he of this ca- <laughs> I know he was cast in the role, and after the role was over, he got a thousand uh, dollars in U.S. currency, which is six hundred thousand lire, 
um, which enabled him to buy new furniture and treat his family to vacation. But when he returned to the factory, this is according to Wikipedia, he was then immediately laid off because he was slackening and the management thought he was now a rich actor. Gosh. <laughs> Turns out he wasn't and he never found acting success. Or he, he was in some roles, but he never found like the same success. Sure. And mainly became a bricklayer, ironically, through the rest of his uh, life. And he... Uh, he died in 1983. Oh. Sad. Yeah, I went down a Wikipedia <laughs> rabbit hole thinking I would learn what it means to be a Turner and then explain it, but I'm more confused now that I've looked at the Wikipedia page. So, yeah, I, I got nothing. He did a thing in a factory think, and then he got fired. Yeah. Uh, and then he laid bricks, which is one of the jobs that was being handed out yeah. at the beginning of the movie. Yeah. Sad. It makes this film... A little bit more potent. Well, I mean... A little bit more painful. Yeah, at a certain point, it's that, that line with neorealism where it's like, it's not a documentary, obviously, it's a fictional film, but definitely immersed in the reality for a lot of these mm. people. Yeah, what are they? Um, I think it's neorealism, neorealism okay. is described as life as it is. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, anyway, so the next morning they wake up... Uh, uh, Richie takes Bruno to his school, right? I think so. Uh, that's where Bruno's going? I'm pretty sure. Anyway, something I wanted to mention is when he's riding Bruno to school, I thought the music played was one of the best themes I have ever mm-hmm. heard. was gorgeous and a lot of the score was really good the music's really good yeah i i looked up the the guy who did the music to see if it was anything i would be familiar with but no he just did a bunch of other italian movies i haven't seen but i thought the music was really excellent that was one of my favorite parts was he also a turner in a (laughs) a fact no he, he appears to just be a film composer but again largely for other Italian movies I'm not familiar with. Mm. Um, but yeah, I thought gotcha. I thought it was great. Um, I loved the music. Mm-hmm. Um, and that leads up to his first day at work, which immediately goes more poorly than I think any job could ever go. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, where some punk steals his bike. Yeah, and it's when he's up on the ladder, right? So he can't. Yeah, he's yeah, he's, he's can't. He's uh he's vulnerable. His his bike is is left out and yeah, sad. I feel also. Like... I totally go ahead. Dill. I totally know what the word uh for thief is in Italian, which is <laughs> ladro, because uh, they yelled the it sh- so start, repeatedly start in that scene. It? Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. <laughs> so he's just running down the street, grabbing onto cars. Ladro, ladro. Yep. Not to jump like to the end of the movie, but I feel like when this guy <laughs> when this guy steals. Richie's bike, mm-hmm. he like zips away and he's very fast. Right. Whereas mm-hmm. when when Richie tries to do the, the same thing, he's not very good at riding the bike. No, I, I noticed that too. <laughs> I'm like, you are considering that it's not like he 
just got the bike. He had a bike before that had been pawned, and he, like, yeah. you should be proficient on a bike, dude. <laughs> like, yeah, you should be faster. Also, just like, you're people Italian. Should, people shouldn't be able to outrun you. Yeah, I know. I know. Now I'm talking about the end, but that was one of the things that jumped out at me also in yeah. that final sequence. I'm like, how is a crowd of people on foot? Like, you're on a bike. The whole point <laughs> is you should be able to get away from them, and he's it's like the slowest biking I've ever seen. That's why the bike is needed for the job. It helps carry and move you around quicker. I was going to say, yeah. right, exactly. Exactly. Otherwise, you could just walk around and put up those posts. Yeah. Otherwise, people would be like, "Well, I could, I could just like walk briskly and still be faster than, than <laughs> right? this dude on his bike." Yeah. Yeah. But no, it's true. The thief totally zips off. He just grabs the yeah. bike and, and, and the thief seems to have a plan. He knows like which roads he's going to go down. Mm-hmm. He can tell you pretty quickly. Yeah. yeah. Um, we should. Yeah. We should point out that uh, the posters that he's putting up. Mm-hmm. He's putting up, like, yes. Rita Hayworth movie posters. Yep, indeed. And I just love the contrast between that and this Glory movie. Hollywood. This, this, like, style of movie versus right. the sort Rita of, Hayworth. Right, fancy sort of Hollywood big, yeah, uh, production movie versus this. That's a good point. Although although our next crossover, instead of Robert Brisson's apartment, I would love to see, like, Vittorio De Sica's neorealist film with Rita Hayworth. <laughs> Rita Hayworth yeah. in it. As the star. <laughs> Yeah, just, she's she's been in. I've seen her in a couple movies just within the last month or so. She's got a smallish part in Only Angels Have Wings, and then she was in um, uh, the Lady from Shanghai. Yes, she was in the Lady from Shanghai. Both very good movies. Yeah, indeed, indeed. I didn't know that she was married to Wells until uh, after I watched Lady from Shanghai. Same, yeah. I, that is when I learned that too, and she's so good in it. Now we're diverting, but. Um, there's a whole fascinating story about how he like made her cut his made he made her cut her hair and and mm. dye it and everything for that role. Um, yeah, fascinating stuff. I love. Meanwhile, him. he did like a half-assed Irish accent like some of the time. <laughs> right, exactly. He looked exactly <laughs> like himself and did a terrible accent. Um, good movie though. Yeah, and then we can learn more about that in the the David Fincher movie coming out this year. Oh, Mank. Uh, sure. Well, that's yeah, just about, Mink, that's Mink, just Mink. about Citizen that's Kane. That's just though. about Citizen Kane. I know, but who plays Orson Welles in that? Uh, it's it's the guy from the the Souvenir. Oh, oh really? Yeah. That's good casting. That's that's, that's a great casting. casting. Yeah, that is. That's really that's I would Honestly, never have thought about it, but yeah, Tom Burke. That's a good call. Yeah, that that. I mean, I don't want to be a downer, but that that movie doesn't sound super me. But uh, Mank, I'm excited Mank. to see Tom Burke in it. Yeah, it doesn't sound yeah. super you, but I am psyched for that movie. Oh, I hope it's good. Oh, it'll be good. I'm I'm sure it'll be good. Yeah, I'm just sure it won't be for me. I don't like I don't like movies about movies. Uh-huh. But mm. but Fincher's yeah. never made a bad movie, so no, that is true. I'm I'm not a big I'm he not a huge one Fincher bad fan, alien but movie, right? No, that's a good movie. Oh, okay. That is in the top half Fincher movies. Okay. Well, that's not, that's not <laughs> Nick. That's not true. But it's, <laughs> it's better. <laughs> it's, it's like well, I can't let that stand. Just, no, what are we talking? No, about? no, I mean that's a silly thing to say. But it's better than its <laughs> reputation. <laughs> okay, fair enough. Fair enough. Okay. No, David Fincher is a very good director, and even if yeah. the movies he makes are not my movies, I I can't speak ill of his craft. He is incredible. Yes. Yeah. Um, but Tom Burke, Orson Welles. That's going to be something yeah, to that, behold. Yeah, that is good casting. That is very exciting. If, if it comes out in 2020. Yeah, I mean, it's Netflix, right? So I'm presuming they'll... Oh, it is? Yeah, it's Netflix. Mm. Oh, we're good then. Yeah, we're good. so, I mean, it, you know, like anything, would have gotten a theatrical release, but I'm sure they'll just mm-hmm. put it out in the fall. 
Sweet. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> Ladro. Yes, the thief. He takes the bike. <laughs> yeah. H- how did you guys feel when the bike was thieved? Sad. <laughs> Bummer for <God>. him. <laughs> Jen, I'm gonna try I'm gonna try to initiate like conversations about different sad. points and you're just gonna respond with sad. Yeah, bummer. Um no, I mean I you know, it's one, it obviously has to happen. It's the engine yeah. of the rest of the story. So there is that. It's kind of this inevitable. That, and Ebert makes a note about this in his essay where there's a scene earlier when he leaves the bike outside, uh, when he goes inside. Um, and that's sort of like, it's like a fake out. You're like, oh, mm-hmm. is this it? Is the, is the bicycle about to be stolen? And it doesn't get stolen that time. And so, you know, obviously you, you're, you're queued up for it, waiting for it to happen. So sense of inevitability, but still sad. Yeah, I, I like that. Um, like the movie is obviously called Bicycle Thieves, and if you mm-hmm. even if you didn't know the title of the movie going into it or the plot of the movie, it says Bicycle Thieves right in the beginning. So yeah. you know mm-hmm. that the bike is going to be thieved. Right. Exactly. So so it's it's not a um, it's not supposed to be a surprise that it gets stolen. No. It, exactly. It, and like you said, Jen, it's something that it feels inevitable that this mm-hmm. is going to happen. Yeah. Which like it seems like inevitable. Like all bad things uh, are inevitable like he mm-hmm. this this guy just feels damned to have yeah this happen to him yeah well like, yeah, we we're kind of joking because we're like well all right he got his bike and he gets the job and i guess everything's gonna be fine now but like mm-hmm. it never feels like that again even yeah. if you didn't know <laughs> what the movie was about it never has like you just it has this sense of just everything's terrible and he's got the sweepy music yeah no i mean he, you know, he has moments. But you know, you but know, yeah, you see it, the city. It, yeah, exactly. You see the, the city he's in, you see the world around him. And so it's just this entire sense of like, I don't think anything really works out for anybody <laughs> at this time. Oh, yeah. No. Um, yeah. Oh. One of the things I was going to say earlier was um, my brother, again, only watched the first 10 <laughs> minutes of this movie with me. This becoming a bit of a tradition. Um <laughs> And uh, he got up to the part where they went to the wise woman and he leaves his bike and he goes up to check on his wife. And he's like, oh, come on. It's already going to. Yeah. I mean, that's that's a fake out. And no, no, it didn't. But uh, he didn't he didn't stick around for the bike. He was like, this is too sad. Yeah. Because, again, he knew what was going to happen. He's like, I, I'm not yeah. I'm not going to yeah. put up this. Um, anyway, something I meant to bring up in the intro also was this what film was actually the number one ranked film in the very first Sight and Sound magazine poll in 1952, a mere four years after it came out in Italy and only two years after it got a release in America. Wow. So uh, I I was curious what you guys thought about that. I mean, I get the sense that when this movie came out, it was sort of immediately hailed as... A masterpiece. It's not one of those things that it's. I mean, its reputation's grown over time, also. But it wasn't some hidden gem. Uh, I also noticed that it was given an honorary Oscar, just sort of for general achievement, mm-hmm. which is a thing they <laughs> they still do sometimes. They gave one to our favorite dude, uh, the director. I don't like him. Goodard. Uh, no. Inyaratu? Uh, yes, Inyaratu. Thank you. Uh, yeah, they gave one to Inyaratu a couple of years ago for some VR thing he did. Um, oh, but, wait, he, they right, did? Yes, yeah. yes. The Academy gave him, so he has an extra Oscar you don't even know about. They gave him <laughs> a special Oscar. How many, 
fucking Oscars does this? Uh, too many. Have? Too many. Um, and he just got one like two years ago. But they don't. They used to do this all the time. They used to give sort of just special achievement Oscars for something that didn't really otherwise have any sort of applicable category. And so I think it's in yeah forty nine. Yeah, they gave a special award to Bicycle Thieves for like special achievement. And I think that. I read somewhere that it was instrumental in the Oscars deciding to commit to having a foreign language category because they were like, hey, there's good movies that aren't in English. We should have a category for that. <laughs> yeah, it definitely seemed that way. Yeah. Um, do you guys want to guess how many wins and nominations Inyuri 2 has? God. Uh, what do you want to go for? For his movies or him himself? Him himself. Which, if he's an executive producer on his movies, then he oh, can get. Uh, yeah. So then he might get the best picture. <laughs> Nick's also. just gonna get wrecked. So he has at least three, and if he's also a producer, does he have five Oscars wins? He does have five okay. Oscar wins. All right, Jesus and Christ. so nomination. Wait, what's the fifth? What's the fifth one? I've got the two. Um, the two. The two times he was a director, and then yeah. um, the special one. The, the special the best one. picture for Birdman. Yeah, and then wait, I did just, he get script for Birdman? I think he got script. Yeah, for God, I fucking hate that script. I hate that script. <laughs> <laughs> the, script is, <laughs> the worst. The script is maybe let, the let me worst see. part of the movie. <laughs> like, okay, his wins are. Best Picture, Best Director, and Original Screenplay for Birdman. Oh. Best Director for The Revenant. <laughs> and Special Achievement for Flesh and Sand. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, Nick, what okay. what many... was the least deserving? Oh, uh, best, uh, Bird... best script. Best script Birdman for Birdman. Script. Yeah, I, 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 don't like, okay. I don't like I don't like Birdman. I could see like how the stylistic it's flourishes bad. of it yeah. could could like woo people for a director. Yeah. Whatever, I, I disagree, but that's fine. But that script is just like insufferable. I can't stand it. the movie's Bad. called Birdman or the Unexpected Virtue of Ignorance. Like that's all you need to know. Oh god! Every, every, <laughs> every once in a while, I remember about that stupid subtitle, and then I just get mad again. Uh, wait, so okay, he has five wins and that nominations. Oh god, the freaking other movie that I hate so much. Babel. Um, okay. Oh, Babel, yes. Because Babel was nominated for Best Picture. I think yeah, Babel was best, nominated for Best Picture. I think he probably got a screenplay and director nom for yeah. it, too, I would think. How weird is that? So how many how many nominations does he have? Is it like eight? Ten? Nine. nine. He's got nine. Yeah. Because yeah, he, got, he got two for Babel. Mm-hmm. He got four in language for Amoris Peros. Oh, and he got, he got nominated Best Foreign Language Film for Beautiful. Yes, beautiful. Um, one of who who has beautiful oh, on their? Um, is it Michael Mann? I think it's Michael Mann. Yeah. He has beautiful and Avatar on his uh, sight and sound. List. I I wish <laughs> I could have seen Nick reacting to Michael Keaton and uh, Edward Norton yelling at each other about how awesome they are. Yeah. In Birdman. I mean, no Just... scene in Birdman is worse than well any of the scenes with the critic. Um, that's all oh, yeah. the barrel oh. stuff. Um, and then, unfortunately, I think most of the scenes with Emma Stone and Michael Keaton are quite bad. Yeah. Um, My least favorite oh, and then really- is uh, Emma Stone and Edward Norton, where he says he wants to pluck the eyes out of her head so he could see the world like she sees it. That, yeah. That was, yeah. I mean, that's my the go-to to make wrong. fun of that movie. Yeah. And, is it, does it, the Emma Stone make out with... Michael Keaton's co-actress or something? No, I think the other two women um, 
Oh, okay. The, uh, There's a third woman. <laughs> yes. Um. Oh my gosh. Blonde. From Mulholland Drive. I. I. Naomi Watts. Do, thank you. Yes. Jesus Christ. I. <laughs> nothing. My brain can do nothing today. Uh. Yeah. Naomi Watts <laughs> and the other woman. I think make out at one point. Okay. Uh, yeah. That. That was another scene where I was just like. The fuck no, but instead Emma Stone just has like this weird that weird scene with Edward Norton where it's like they have sexual tension or something, and he's definitely yeah. thirty years older than he she is. Like it's just it's not good. It's not a good movie. Not a good movie. Anyway, <laughs> I thought this was going to be a too short of a review. I'm glad we got a nice fun <laughs> good, good diversion. Um, yeah, because I mean, there's not a lot. To yeah, say I mean, about yeah. I was gonna say. So what? What happens next in the movie? Right? Like he mm-hmm. starts looking for. Yeah, it's basically the thief. them. It's basically them not fighting the bike for the next hour. Right. Exactly. And yeah, and I don't. I don't. I don't know how much to be descriptive about this, right. but he goes to a church where there's people performing a rehearsal mm-hmm. i feel like there's some symbolism there yeah um there's one point where a guy sticks his head around and starts plastering a poster on the wall he's like hey richie i stole your job yeah and it's just like yeah ah the capitalism yeah 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 he goes to the <laughs> goes to church and that's when he's looking for the old man right because he saw yeah. the, no, or, no, no, no 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 he goes to a different uh, place of worship first oh my gosh where he finds the fat guy oh oh, oh yeah so, so there yeah that's there's right. like that's the old man, I thought. So, he, like, I don't know what that guy's oh. role is, but he seems to just I be, I had like, no idea either. <laughs> like, the the guy around town who you go to 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 try to solve your, right. your problems. Oh, little, little before that, picture. though, he... Before that, he goes to the police, and the police are just like, I don't know what we could do. It's only a bike. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, just Richie's face is just like, it's not only a bike. Yeah. Well... It's everything. <laughs> And I mean, the the very sad thing too is like this happens today to, when people get their cars stolen. Like if you get your car stolen mm-hmm. and they you call the cops, they'll be like, "Okay, well, we'll put a note in the system." Like, it's, and it's, it's like and in you're Parks like, and Rec. Yeah, and you're like, I need my car to go to my job, and they'll be like, "Okay, like we we took a note down. <laughs> like it's just still. we wrote it down. What more do you want? Right, exactly. Yeah, what, what do you want us to do? Try to help you? No, it, that's not gonna happen. What happens in Parks and Rec where I think the computer gets stolen and Andy tries to find it and he calls the police and the police come and he's about to like apply for the police yeah. and they just write it down. He's like, that's all you're going to do. Yep. The policeman's like, it's not superhero work. Right. Yeah. 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 Uh, Poor Ricky. Anyway. Yeah. So they find a bike at the market. Mm-hmm. Looks exactly the same. Mm-hmm different serial number yeah so i can't remember it's been a couple weeks since i watched this now how did he know did he he just had the serial number memorized like he just knew it was a different serial number than his yeah because like if if i found a car that looked like my car like i could not look at the vin number and be like Hmm. uh different like i don't know i think the thing was he had to know the serial number to pick the bike up from when he found the pawn shop all right that makes sense yeah since he had already parted with it and got it back once he has to know that fair enough But even I do like when they're going around to this bike, this place where it's just people pawning off different parts of bikes. <laughs> mm-hmm, yeah. Um, they're like, we'll just look for it piece by piece and put it back together. I put it know. back together. Yeah. Um, which is like, it's kind of absurd that that's their plan, but it mm-hmm. also seems like I guess a metaphor for the country at that point. Like, yeah. trying, to, trying okay. to reassemble everything after. Right, like, piece by piece. After yeah. fascism, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, 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 like I was going to get this to this later, but like, 
there is so much i think the whole story is almost a tale of italy leading up to fascism and then it's destruction Mm -hmm. in the end i think it's a general metaphor from like pre-world war ii to post-world war ii i think um i think ebert says that some people describe it as like a marxist fable mm. um because that kind of yeah well in zavitelli was a communist right exactly it's it's not like that was a big stretch right that's not a stretch exactly yeah i I don't think it goes super it like it's not like Potemkin, though, that goes very no, into, no, like, no, no. It's yeah. not a propaganda. The workers need to be equal. Right. And it's not a propaganda film. The, the, it's it's just a straight up. It's capitalism be sad. Yeah, we're seeing it today. Yeah, I, I like the the image too of when they're in this place. Like you see the rows of bikes. There's like probably hundreds of bikes just kind of around. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. And like he just needs one of them but even though they're around they're all totally unavailable to him so it's funny isn't the right word but like ironic i guess that right Mm -hmm. the thing that would lead to a significantly better life to him is right in front of him but it's Mm -hmm. not his and he can't he can't do anything about it he's just kind of screwed so what you're Uh, saying is maybe we should redistribute the uh bicycle based (laughs) wealth among the people in the town (laughs) It'd be great. Yeah. Would work perfectly. Yeah. Um, I will say very quickly, because I'll forget, um, there was an article in the New York Times last week, um, and the headline was, Virus Revives Italy's Age-Old Shadow Safety Net, The Pawn Shop. And it's an entire article in the New York Times about how because of the financial you know, strain that everyone's living through relating to the virus, um, Italians have traditionally had this culture of using pawn shops like as banks and basically how it's not like in, you know, here in the States, we hear pawn shop and you assume it's like illegal stuff and like or dangerous gems. or yeah. Un- I was like, supposed to say it's like Howard Ratner's pawning off right. Kevin Garnett's it's, Exactly. It's all like shady. Apparently it's just kind of a part of life or it has traditionally been a part of life that that's just how they call it. They call it collateral banking, mm-hmm. but it's, Pawn shops. Um, and apparently um, pawn shops in Italy are making They're a back. comeback. So cool. cool. <laughs> that was uh, really uplifting nice. to watch Bicycle Thieves. And then literally <laughs> a week later, see this New York Times headline that's like, pawn shops coming back to Italy. It's like, great. Cool. So <laughs> glad to know that's happening. One of my other favorite things about the scene is the guy that's like s- trying so hard with every fiber of his body to sell Bruno that stupid... Uh, bell oh. Oh, yeah. for, for a bicycle yeah. <laughs> and Bruno giving zero fucks oh, yeah. he doesn't even give him the time of day no, he's, Bru- he's too smart Bruno is so laser focused yeah. it was so funny that Bruno like remembered the type of bike better than Michi oh, yeah. did and, like Bruno's a smart cookie yes. and, and don't the, underestimate Bruno the brand of bike is called a Fides which mm. apparently means faith or it's like just mm. a, a derivative of the oh, word God. faith interesting um, which is interesting. Yeah. Uh, how, how do you spell that? I think it's uh, F-I-D-E-S. Hmm. Okay. Interesting. I don't think it's a direct uh, translation or maybe, I mean, I, I looked it up I on Google Translate thing. and that's not oh, what, okay. the word it gave me, but in, oh. I think it was one of the bonus features. Um, somebody actually says that that's what that means. Mm. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. Um. 
Anyway, then it starts raining, just to make yes. the situation Yes, it does. Better. But Bruno looks so cute with his little coat pulled up over his head. <laughs> yep. Um, and uh, then Bruno falls in the in the pot in the puddle, yeah. and he has to dust himself off of the water. Mm-hmm. It's just so sad. Yeah. Uh, I don't know what to say about this. Yeah. <laughs> sad. Yeah, exactly. Then it starts raining. You're like, great. Um, just in case you weren't having enough visual cues about how terrible and bleak everything is. It's very like Charlie Brown. Yeah, it is very Charlie <laughs> Brown. Um, yeah, I know. It's kind of hard to just be like, and then they go to this place, they go to that place. Um, I really, I, I really think the middle act of this movie is just where the bike though. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, it does clear. It there is a good metaphor of like the sky clears up as soon as they find the thief, uh-huh. and there's like. Now there's hope. Right. Hey, hey. Right. Um, they do. Um, is it the thief? They chase the thief or the thief's accomplice into that brothel eventually is where they. Mm, yeah, but that's scenes later. <laughs> what else do they do before then? They get. So they, they bump into no, the old guy. They, they, they go to the. They, they, yeah. they try to chase the thief, but they fail. Okay. And instead they go back to the person the thief was talking to, the old guy that was running the right. car. Right. And they follow him to a different church. That's the other church. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's just a lot of scenes, you know, scenes from the town, scenes from their life. And everyone, you know, they they encounter some people who are sort of helpful, but you really sort of get the sense that, like, everyone's on their own. Like, everyone's got their Mm -hmm. own stuff to deal with. No one seems particularly inclined. Like you were saying, the cops don't really want to help. Someone else just takes his job. Like... (laughs) Everyone's got enough of their own stuff to worry about. No, no one's really coming to uh, help the poor guy out. Well, not only that, but like the the place that they chase the old man to, they chase him right. into a church. Right. And I guess if you want to think think about it, it's like he he's going to the church to get mm-hmm. answers, mm-hmm. and he doesn't get any answers from the church. Like, yeah. really, he, going to the church was totally fruitless because they they accost the old man there and he's like all right like after he badgers him forever Mm -hmm. uh the old man's like all right i'll I'll, like throw you a bone and then he just escapes and they're Mm -hmm. back where they started with no help at all from having gone to the church so yeah Mm -hmm. these people are like totally on their own no one's out there to help them right i also like that the old man like he's not going to church for a service he's going there because he wants to get like a church service. He's going there because right. he wants to get food and he wants to get a haircut, which right. is yeah. uh, stopped abruptly because the, right. the church has like churchy things going on. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, yeah, church as community center, sort of. Like, mm. you, just, you know, you need a haircut and go to the church. That sounds about right. You get some pasta and potatoes, I think the meal was. Yeah. Which is, it sounds good. Yeah. I'd be up for that. Anyway. Um, in this interesting development, though, uh, Ricci decides to go searching for the old man by a bridge, and while at the bridge that he tells Bruno to wait at, uh, he hears that there is someone drowning in the water. Oh, no! Mm-hmm. And actually, right yeah. before that, he slaps Bruno for, like... Yeah, oh, yeah, he really he starts does. berating him. Yeah. yeah. Takes, like, all his anger out on poor Bruno. Yeah. I actually, I like the way that scene is done because, 
I mean, we've seen like child abuse and like physical abuse of children in some of our other movies. Like quite a few of these movies, yeah. Yeah, like the the mom to the daughter and Pather Panchali. Um, But this is the only instance that I can think of, at least, where the kid fights back. Like not physically, but he's like, "What do you like? Why would you slap me? I'm going to tell mom. Like, what the fuck is wrong with you?" (laughs) Right, and I do like that. That shows you that this is not. Like, this is not normal. It's, you know, mm-hmm. he doesn't normally treat his son like this. So yeah. we don't, we're, we're not supposed to think that he's, you know, like a bad, abusive dad. I mean, shouldn't have hit his kid. Yeah, he shouldn't have but, hit his yeah, kid. But yeah, but his kid immediately is like, what are you doing? Like, yeah. you, we all know this is Bruno not okay. Don't take that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and I, I, I uh, love what it Bruno. says about Bruno's character, too, that mm-hmm. he's just like, he's not going to stand for something like that. He's going to call his dad out on it. Mm-hmm. Um, but then, like, when, when, Antonio hears that somebody is drowned. There's like not just that he doesn't know where his kid is, but that's mm-hmm. like kind of in the back of his mind in that right. scene. Right. Jana, did you expect that that kid drowning would be Bruno and they would just be another <laughs> Italian sad moment? I, I had a, a momentary fear of just like, no, come on. <laughs> like there was, there was like a moment where it's like, this is absolutely not. I, I was very glad that it was not because then it would have been sad when I turned off the movie yeah. <laughs> and then came to the podcast and was like, bad news guys. Didn't finish it. I would have pulled a, a, a Dylan's brother and just been like, nah, I don't know. I don't think so. <laughs> but yeah, no, I was I was glad. Also, just because you know, I think that would have crossed the line. I I, not, would, I don't know how realistic that would have felt mm. if it was just like okay, at a certain yeah. point, it, that just becomes like an over the top tragedy. This, well, this movie's and, about yes. little tragedies, yeah. not like gonna, grand tragedies. I'm say, how sad is this movie in which his ch- his child doesn't die? Right. Um, yeah. Doing that is just a little bit. It it would be too far, and it it would have. Right. We wouldn't be talking about this movie as the masterpiece as it is. It I would think have been that's like, right. It would have been annoying if it would have done that. So I'm glad it didn't. Yeah, <laughs> same. Um, but I think it also that scene helps uh, jog Ricci's guilt for treating Bruno so poorly. Right, right. Which Bruno emerging at the top of the bridge so stoically, yeah. it's just awesome. Yeah. yeah, it is. That is a good moment. And right after um, that, he, um, like, grabs the jacket and puts it on him, and he, like, becomes protective again. So he does. Yeah. It, it sort of shakes some sense into him. Being, right, you know, right. Yeah. Makes him realize that as bad as everything he is, he should not be taking this out on his son. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Definitely not poor Bruno's fault. Yeah. And, and so to make up for it, they get pizza. he decides to. Yeah. 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 And a meatball sandwich. Mm-hmm. Which has the stringiest cheese I've ever seen. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. That's quite an extravagant meal for someone that is so poor. And watching that scene is, like, so, like, happy that, yay, Bruno gets a nice meal and they're having a good time. But at the same time, you're just like, oh, no, they're life safe. <laughs> I, I know. It's, I had that th- same thought, too, where I'm like, oh, this is so nice for him. And I'm like, ah, I don't know, this is the most responsible decision <laughs> you could be making right now. <laughs> He also does but give I think he's like, his small child wine. He does. He does <laughs> give his, his small child wine. This is Italy, man. I know. I was going to say, it's in Europe. They, they do all kinds of crazy stuff like that over there. They come out of the womb. Yeah. They give it a, some wine. A, a, a Merlot. There you go. Oh, God. Anyway. Crap, I can't think of an Italian wine. Uh, Chianti. My parents would be... 
Uh, yeah. yeah. My parents would be so disappointed <laughs> with me. Anyway. Yeah, so that's just a happy, sad... Yeah, a little moment. The the uh, the musical act at the restaurant did slap though. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I did. I did like that too. I did like the music there. I w- they did perform very intensely. Yeah, I, I really love that scene. It's one of my favorite scenes in the movie because mm-hmm. it's just dad and his kid hanging out. They're yeah. trying to have a good time. Like shit's bad, but they can still enjoy each other's company. Maybe it's not like financially responsible of them to be like right grabbing lunch and drinking a whole bottle of wine and getting dessert but you know what like it's it's a dude and his kid having right having a fun yeah. time out and for he, a change and life. he wants to give you know give his kid a like a nice memory a nice day you know even if yeah. everything else is terrible this is something that bruno can look back <laughs> on and be like oh we had a nice time together so right. i I, mm-hmm. I i liked that too you know and you can hopefully the bruno will remember that at the end of the day Gosh, I hope so. Yeah, that's a good point. By, by the end of the day, he may not. That may have been washed oh, away. No. Yeah. yeah. Every time he eats a mozzarella sandwich from now on, he's right. going to be like, oh. Yeah. oh. <laughs> anyway, after that, they decide to go see the Holy One, mm-hmm. which I feel like they got more out of the dinner than they did seeing the Holy One. Sure. Mm-hmm. I feel like that was more refreshing. Yeah. Well, it, yeah, it's just sort of repeating the fact that they're not getting any help. Like, yeah, the only thing they, they can do for themselves, they can they can help themselves, they can treat themselves. No, nobody else is going to be saving them here. No. Because um, all she tells them is just like, yeah, you find it or you don't. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> yeah, those are the two options, lady. Right, exactly. Like, <laughs> I could have told them that also. <laughs> Either you will find it or not. Thank you for your wisdom. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, while he doesn't find the bike, he does immediately find the thief, but um, bump, and chases him to a brothel. Yeah, meets. Just, uh, chats with some. Uh, I'm gonna say nice ladies in the brothel. That's <laughs> not quite the verbiage I was looking for, but that scene was entertaining. There's just like Serene from uh, I'd, Build a Shore. Yeah, well, I was gonna say. So we've had we just had another movie set in a brothel. Um, we have an eight and a half, not a brothel, but one of the characters who is a prostitute. <laughs> like, this is a, a recurring theme for a lot of these films. Well, they chase the thief home. And, okay. The thief collapses in exhaustion and stuff. Mm-hmm. Is this an act or is he actually like, whoa, is me, I'm... I, I thought it was an act. I, I thought, thought it he was, was an act too. I thought he was faking it to yeah get the. He's, he's I thought crafty, it was an... that that thief. Like he yeah. knows he what he's doing. He's yeah. I it it rang to me like I just assumed it was a, a put on. Yeah, um, and especially later, like later when we see what the cop says about um, like everyone in town is going to testify in his behalf. Antonio right. doesn't have any evidence. It's just another thing that makes it feel like. This is rigged against him. Like Right. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. It's like it goes from no one wanting to help him to, yeah, by the end, it's almost like it's all a conspiracy against him. <laughs> like yeah, everybody's yeah. on the thief's side and are, is going to protect him and will not do anything for Richie. Mm-hmm. Um, 
I, I do think it gives you a good perspective that, like, he still lives with his mom and he takes pretty good care of mm-hmm. her. Like, he doesn't seem like a bad guy. Yeah. It's just situation shit. Right, exactly. Right. I was gonna, we were saying just everyone, like, he he needs a bike too. Like, I think yeah. that's kind of the, the lesson we get is, you know, everyone's doing what they think they have to do to get by. Yeah, and at the end... No, did he sell the bike or did he keep it and he just had it really well hidden? I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. But you think about, like, at the end, um, we're... I don't know if we're upset that um, Richie doesn't successfully steal a bike. I mean, obviously, the more upsetting thing is that he's, he's driven to steal a bike. Um, but even if he does, like, say he steals the bike and gets away with it, mm-hmm. um, he just becomes that guy in yeah. the other guy's story. So the guy, the thief um, who steals Richie's bike is not necessarily, like, that bad of a person um, in right. and of itself for, for doing that act. Right, because I don't, I, I at least didn't really, I, and I know you're sort of, sort of wrestle with this at the end, but like I don't judge the main character. I don't judge Richie for maybe deciding that maybe he'll just steal a bike. Like he's out of options. Mm-hmm. And it, in some ways I'm like, yeah, just do it. Like just take the bike. Like I, yeah. <laughs> you know, that's, which is not really probably the lesson, but I do think it makes you at least a little bit more, you know, sympathetic to the thief who's basically kind of ruined this poor dude's life. But at the same time, it's like, we don't know. His, we're not watching a movie about him. We don't know his story. So who knows what he had going on that led him to this? Yeah. And to me, the lesson is not like whether or not he should steal the bike. It's that mm. um, it's a shame that he lives in a system in which right. he <laughs> is forced to make a decision yeah. where he has to he, he has to steal a bike in order to take care of his family. Right. The lesson is that capitalism is bad. Right. <laughs> That's the takeaway. Or specifically, maybe more specifically, fascism sure. is fascism bad. Fascism is definitely bad, too. Oh, oh fascism, of course. Yeah. Anyway, that's besides the point. Yeah. We don't have to get into that. It's bad. It's, You're not going to get any devil's to... advocate. Right. Uh, right. Yeah, next guy said, well, actually, have you considered? <laughs> it, it should be obvious to more of the population. Yeah. Of the they just before he steals the bike, though he runs across a, a soccer stadium, mm-hmm. a soccer, a football, football stadium. stadium. Um, do you know what the stadium is called? No. Okay, this was what this was interesting. This was what kind of unlocked a lot of the movie for me this time. It was called Stadio Nacional PNF, and PNF stood for the Partito Nacional de Fascista, so. which was the fascist party. Okay. And so he sees the stadium, which is built by the fascist mm-hmm. party, with a bunch of cheering crowds and rich people with bikes. Yes. And he thinks, that's what I need right now. Yeah. How dare they have it and I don't. Mm-hmm. And he becomes the fascist. He steals other people, what other people want. It's basically the actions Mussolini took, trying to steal back land he believed Italy deserved. So... I don't know. The fact that it was that specific stadium and that specific purpose Mm -hmm. feels like a defining moment of like, fuck you to the the past government and what the government has put them into right now. Speaking of, and this isn't, I guess, directly, well, it's not specific to this movie, but um, how much did or did this not bother you guys, the the dubbing that we talked about in eight and a half? Mm -hmm. (laughs) Oh, Yeah. Did it, did, like, was it something that 
was an issue or I, I don't know if I'm it was noticeable yeah I don't know if I'm just getting used to it at this point uh, now yeah. that we've seen so many of these movies and it, it, it's so frequent um, because yeah when, when we watched eight and a half I was very distracted by it and in this one it's very noticeable yeah I wasn't nearly as bad as eight and I wasn't half. as distracted by it I'd, I'd completely forgotten it was a thing yeah. to be honest like yeah. while watching this it wasn't yeah. until after the fact that I was like oh yeah I guess they did do that but apparently that was something that um, Mussolini had sanctioned because it was easier to censor films after the fact. And then, sure. and then even though this is like post mm-hmm. Mussolini and even like eight and a half is, you yeah. know, almost, well, one, eight, almost eight and a half. Years. It let them write the movie later. <laughs> they could just yeah, change yeah. the lines <laughs> after um, they filmed it. Yeah. yeah. So even following like Mussolini being out of power and out of uh, his life, uh, there were, this was still like a tradition that they kept for whatever reason in Italian cinema. But yeah, yeah, it didn't bother me nearly as much as I mean, it didn't really bother me in eight and a half, but it it, uh, it was much less notable on this, I think, than yeah. eight and a half for whatever reason. I mm-hmm. agree. It, they did a better job with it at yeah. least. <laughs> um. Anyway, now for the final famous ending sequence. Mm-hmm. He steals the bike. He bikes somehow in He's the worst the world's way possible. slowest bike rider directly <laughs> into the crowd of people who want to stop him. It's like a yeah, and we go should faster mention, or going in a different direction. So, right, and it's, we and we should <laughs> we should mention he also he sends Bruno away, right? Like mm-hmm. so. Yes. Yeah, he's he's trying to do this without you know ideally hoping his son would not have to bear witness to this entire situation. Yeah. Yeah, um, but the crowd catches him. And they're gonna bring him to the police. There's like some people are like slapping his face. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> kind of funny. Some weird mob justice going on. Yeah, yeah. Um, but then they see Bruno, mm-hmm. and uh, Bruno's like, "Padre, oh, padre." That's so sad. It's so sad. <laughs> and then they realize, yeah, it's not worth it. Right. <laughs> like, yeah. I think the the film really does a great job of emphasizing that. This is a society of which everyone is left to their own individual mm-hmm. work, but everyone understands that, and so they can come together in some sort of communal thing. I mean, even beating away Ricci from the guy that actually stole the original bike, mm-hmm. like there's a sort of communal presence that comes out of realizing that everyone is for themselves. Right. Mm. Um, yeah, and they really only show him mercy, like you said. Basically, they, you know, his son shows up, and I think at least they're like, "Well, we all have, you know, kids that we have to watch out for." And yeah, we we know. Yeah, why. we understand yeah. what's happening and, here. We'll just we'll just let it go at this point. Yeah, but the yeah. The, the damage is already done at that point. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I know. It's like it's just like heavy size. It's like, and then. And then, yeah. the, and then the movie's over, and then they walk down the yeah, street, and, they walk and they, like, hand, hand in hand. hand. Is he? Very Chaplin-esque. Right, yeah. Yeah. Um, but Chaplin's usually happier. Sure, yeah. yeah. But yeah, they just... Which is interesting, because Chaplin also made a movie lambasting fascism. Sure. Mm-hmm. In a post-war. No, his Actually, was no, pre-war. pre-war. Yeah, his was pre-war. Pre-war, yeah. yeah. Because that's Chaplin was literally ahead of his fucking time. Great Dictator's like what thirty eight, I think, something like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, thirty nine. Thirty nine. Yeah. yeah, he he got on that. Yeah. Um. Anyway, I I I honestly okay, this is the thing. What is the authorial intent and what is the intent that the audience sees it? And I have a very different 
philosophical intent than the neorealists have. Which, in this... The time I watched this... It, the ending felt a lot more hopeful and happy to me than I expected. Which is just... Even if everything fails, at least we have each other. And I don't, I don't know how much neorealist, cynical Vittoria De Sica had that in mind. But... I was happier at the end this time thinking that, like, you know, he thought Bruno had drowned at one point in the movie. And hey, things could be worse. It's, he, it's very... And he could have been locked up in jail right. if Bruno didn't show up. Like, yeah. in the end, the important thing was the, the family. Yeah. And that warmed my heart a little bit in this See, I, goddamn sour movie. I don't want to spoil um, Umberto like specifics of it i know I, you already did but though. i would say that that reading fits very well for umberto it D. does fit more it does fit better with umberto d but i, I feel like it's a very similar yeah for, for this i just don't feel like i mean of course it's you know it's still family and they're still around and will love each other but i mean richie is really kind of like debased himself and yeah. Not only that, but he did it in front of his child. Like his child had to see the lowest moment of his life. Mm-hmm. And Bruno holds his head up higher than his father can. Yeah, and yes. it's just yeah. hard to come back from something like that. And I think that's why they both have the reaction. It's not they're not crying over the fact that they don't have a bike. Right. They're yeah. crying over like that he became the thing mm-hmm. that they've been going after the whole movie and that's right. uh oh, man it's that's rough yeah and like this they have Sad. to live with this now you know right. like yeah this is a thing that happened they have to live with it and yeah i thought it was extremely bleak <laughs> although i do like the reading of it of you know at least they're walking away hand in hand they have each other i like that but it yeah to me it just read as like they're, it felt a little bit more hopeful like, than i there yeah and again it's and it's not I think Nick's exactly right. The thing that's so sad about it is not just like that they don't have the bike because I don't know, he'll go back to look for a job the next day and maybe he will lay bricks or whatever, something he doesn't need a bike for. But like, yeah, they, they went through this just awful experience and that's something that they will live with forever now. Sad. It's not good. No, it's not sad. Anyway, (laughs) sorry. Uh, so, Something we briefly mentioned before we started this pod was uh, Ebert essay. Oh yeah, um, let's chat. It's not a bad essay. No, but if I was his editor, I would not have allowed him to keep so this essay. So every once in a while, so some of these that we've been reading, I, I'm reminded that you know, and correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe the case is he didn't sit down to write a book, right? He was writing just columns. Yeah. Um, about he just was basically you know he was. Roger Ebert, by this point, already just wildly famous and successful, probably allowed to write just whatever he wanted. And so he had this column there. He wrote about the great movies. And some individual chapters are, like, really insightful and just, like, beautiful oh, yeah. testaments to the film he's writing about. And then sometimes they're like this, where it's just like, well, let me tell you about Italian neorealism in general and how Pauline Kael felt about an entirely different movie yeah. <laughs> for like a yeah, full page. Like, the Bicycle Thief mainly is. Mainly talked about Shoeshine. Yeah, the Bicycle yeah. Thief is about a movie in which 
a guy gets his bicycle stolen. Anyways, he also directed this movie called Shoe Shine. Here's what Pauline <laughs> Kiel had to say about it. Yeah. Quote, and then the entire Ex- quote, Pauline Kiel. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, it's really. And then, you know, the other movies he went on to make. And then, yeah, there's very little in this essay that's actually about the bike. There's, there's like a pretty straightforward plot summary and multiple times mentioning that this is a, you know, justifiably considered one of the greatest films ever made but he doesn't really get into why specifically he thinks that is mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so did you did you find a quote though dylan was there and did anything jump out at you as sort of insightful i mean i think my biggest quote was t- i'm talking about um i had two-ish uh kale's description could function as a definition of hope behind the neorealism um, mm-hmm. which is basically the point I was trying to argue about the ending. Yeah. Um, and now it's kind of a debatable point, mm-hmm. admittedly, but it is something I felt this time. My main other point was, true the movie doesn't make a point to contrasting his poverty with high-living millionaires. Wealth is illustrated his ability to buy a plate of spaghetti. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's true, and I think that's something that the film did well instead of, like, really forcing it down our throats but i think it also did well contrasting it to like the possibility of the haves like he knows exactly how much money it takes to buy the plate of spaghetti Mm -hmm. and also like he can see people that are able to have the disposable income to go to a soccer game Mm -hmm. in a stadium built for fascists Mm -hmm. and like that that possibility of haves Mm -hmm. is what kind of drives him more than just Oh, these wealthy people have my money. Um, so, yeah, I thought it was an interesting point. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's all I got. Um, what what y'all got? Yeah, the only quote that sort of jumped out to me is he's actually, again he's not even really talking about bicycle thief. He's talking about this um, what is it? An Iranian film from 1999, Children of Heaven, that I guess was inspired by oh, that's bicycle such a good thief. Movie. Yeah, I, I've heard good things. Um, and he basically says that it, you know, it is inspired by Bicycle Thief and talks about a sequence in it and says, um, such, such films stand outside time. A man loves his family and wants to protect and support it. Society makes it difficult who cannot identify with that. That is the exact quote that I have. Yeah. Yeah. That's like yeah, the that one really sort of question. thing I was like, oh, okay. Yeah. That's, that's the one thing I think he actually identified that speaks to why the movie is was considered so good immediately and still is today because yeah it's kind of the most universal theme that is out there (laughs) like Mm -hmm. you know you need to make money you need to support your family and it's scary when you can't and you know very relatable to pretty much anybody yep so this was um like you said 1952 it was the number one movie per sight and sound Uh um we're coming up on the next sight and sound list in a couple years yeah um, but in the how often do they, they do, do it every ten years? Ten years. So the last one is in two thousand twelve. Um, it was number thirty three, and it received votes from twenty nine different directors, including um, Woody Allen. We'll move past that one. Uh, Roy Anderson, which mm. 
is really strange because I feel like Roy Anderson's films are the opposite of this. I, I know. <laughs> like they are whatever the opposite <laughs> of realist. Like I mean, I guess they're surrealist, maybe, but yeah, yeah. Maybe like the lack of special effects. They have that in common. I That's guess. That's true. Sure. <laughs> fair enough. Um, Suzanne Beer, Les Blank, Charles Burnett. Like Charles Burnett makes sense. Uh, sure. Um, yeah. Uh-huh. Who else? Adam McGoyan, Paul Greengrass, which I think is interesting. Okay. Oh. Uh, <laughs> you hate, hate Paul, Paul Greengrass, Greengrass that much? I hate it. Aki Kurismaki. <laughs> the the, the Bourne movies are okay. I hate how he has built a career on entertainializing yeah. uh, real-life tragedies. Oh, sure. Okay, well, I was worried you were going to hate on the Bourne movies, which I do love. No, the, the Bourne, Bourne movies are fine. Those are very good movies. Solid action trilogy. You just I, don't I like hate United ninety three. I hate that one he put out about that Wait, uh, trilogy. European. Sh- There's five Bourne movies. Yeah, I. I <laughs> but but he did three. He did three. That's the thing is it's his Bourne did trilogy. He only do no, two? He, no, yeah, Doug, Doug Lyman. Doug Lyman did the first Bourne movie. I, oh, I'm really? a I'm a noted Doug Lyman defender, by the way. So every once in a while, they'll come okay, up. that's fine. I love Doug Lyman. Um, we have talked about so, swingers like. Kind of a yeah, lot off air. Yeah, yeah. Swingers yeah. go. Um, go. I yeah. mean, we all, everybody loves. Uh, I already can't think of the real uh, "Live Die Repeat," whatever the heck they call that oh, movie these days. I always forget. Edge of Tomorrow. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. That's a, a great, great movie. movie. That's a great um, movie. But no. So here's what's uh, for Greengrass. So he did two and three, and then yeah, I think two's and my And then favorite. he also did the the fifth one. The J- Jason Bourne mm-hmm. comes. Oh, back. he did yeah. that one. I mean. That was okay. I don't know what anyone was thinking. I haven't seen that movie, um, but yeah. I will say I, I have um, not and will not watch United ninety three in no oh, universe yeah, will gonna, I no. ever see that movie. Yeah. Um, no, no. And uh, what was oh, the he movie made twenty two? He, he made twenty two July. He made that movie. Yep. He made a movie about that. He's, he's basically making a career yeah. out of like it's sensationalizing that. tragedies, and I am so disgusted. I like yeah. Captain Phillips though. I do like Captain Phillips also. Yeah, Captain Phillips <laughs> he did sensationalize a tragedy well, in that one too. Yes, but it I think he did. It was also a tra- a tragedy where it wasn't like right. That's a much multiple people died right. in it. Yeah. That that's more a yeah. it's a real world event, but it's not. Yeah, it's not like a yeah. horrible. Well, I have and there's like actual characters. Good. Like United ninety three has like no characters. Well, didn't United ninety three have people actually playing themselves? Like they had air traffic controllers I, playing. I think well, so. kind of their own. Oh, yeah. I've never <laughs> seen it. I've like some people say it's actually very good. I I've, just I've don't, actually heard yeah, it. I've. But I, I don't no. need, I don't need I, to see that. I won't, no. I won't watch plane crash movies no. to begin with. I'm definitely not watching that plane crash right. movie. Yeah. My you, God. Did you not see like Flight no. with oh Denzel? Oh, God. That trailer when the plane goes upside down, like, <laughs> no. But but you're such an Oscar completionist I, in general. I know. Um, every once in a while, there is, it's been a while um, since I've skipped anything that significant, but I did skip Flight. Because that one like was picture and actor and I know, and I've heard John Goodman's really Zemeckis. good in it. I, I love. Um, oh, he is very good in I it. I love John Goodman, and but uh, Denzel's great in it too. Yeah, I get like a stomachache thinking about watching. Do you mean it. zero, yeah. os- zero time Oscar nominee John Goodman? Isn't that insane? Yes, it's a- it's actually what, okay. what are you doing? I I, don't I get so mad every time I think of that. Yeah, um, yeah, no, it's actually wild when you think about it. Like, and all the opportunities. I can't imagine like, people watching. Barton Fink, and then just being like, nah. And then watching I, Big Lebowski and being like, nah. You know what he should have been nominated for? And it's not the type... Ten Cloverfield it's Lane. It's not the type of movie that gets nominations, yep. but my God, is he good in that. Have you seen that, Dylan? Ten Cloverfield Lane? 
It's like one of my favorite movies. Okay, of that year. okay, yeah, no, it's a, it's <laughs> and amazing. He's amazing I love that movie. Yeah, um, it's, it's not the kind of thing that ever gets a nomination, but oh, no, so I, but good. I feel like supporting actors can come out of weird genre True. films. So I had hope. Yeah, like, I did I, too. I legitimately had hope going into that Oscar night. That was like, yeah. you know what? They'll actually respect John he, Goodman. He, he doesn't have an Oscar. Some, he got on some critics lists and things. Like he was yeah. getting some attention for that. Um, I thought this was going to be like the like like the the career nomination, and it was actually <laughs> going to be for like what actually deserved it. Do you think he'll no. get one? Like at this point, do you think? Yeah, he has to. He. He has to get one. I mean, he, you could get an honorary someday to. too, but and there are some people who get honorary, Look, like Spike Lee, who get honoraries and then get an actual some, one. But Tom Hooper is going to make William H. Taft, and they're going <laughs> to cast John Goodman in it. Oh God, He's going to be a... terrible and bland, and the movie's going to suck, <laughs> and it's going to get Best Picture and Best Actor for He's John lost Goodman. A lot of weight over the past. <laughs> that's two true. Years. That's true. But no, I mean that's that's a that's a good joke though. Um, <laughs> But I was just thinking about him playing like Babe Ruth and Taft and just like what other famous King Ralph. fat guys okay. can play. This is the, the, this is the <laughs> oh, other King thing. Ralph, another famous fat guy. This is the other thing. <laughs> he was an Argo against Alan Arkin. And I he's know. so much better than Alan Arkin he in is. that movie. Yeah, and he, Alan Arkin got just... nominated and won. He and he win. already he had the little Miss Sunshine thing. He didn't win. He didn't win for that. He was he only win. nominated for that. No. Oh, God. I am gonna look up who won support. Wait, didn't Alan Arkin win for uh, Little Miss Sunshine? Little Miss Sunshine. Yeah, he did. I thought he won again for that one. I saw Alan Arkin yeah. at a movie. Was that the year time. that um, Christoph Waltz won his second? Probably. Yeah. Yes, because that was the year where I think everybody had oh. won before. Yeah, yeah. And and oh, so every, everyone, uh, yeah, Jesus, it was a, a that's a bad supporting actor. Good Lord. Every what, not Can you can you read that out cuz I can't find it quick enough. Who who was it that year? I am almost there. I just knew off the top of my head that trivia fact, but sorry, I'm scrolling through the Argo Wikipedia page and there's a subhead heading of reaction by Iranians. It's like yeah, I bet. Um Yep. Kept yep. <laughs> Okay, I'm just going to have to Google 2012 supporting. Um, oh, you got so it? that right, year it was uh, Alan Arkin for Argo, De Niro for Silver Linings Playbook. Oh, no, thank you. Oh. Uh, yeah. oh. oh, this is a bad list. I just pulled it up. It's Tommy, so Tommy Lee Jones for Lincoln, who I like Lincoln. Oh. I do not like him in that movie. You don't like him in that he's, movie? He's, he's, no, he's, he's, bad way bad too, he's way too much. You could have nominated JGL in that movie over... I think JGL's bad in that movie. I would have nominated James Spader in that. Oh, James Spader Spader should have been. James Spader. Yeah. Yeah. I'd have taken any supporting actor over Tommy Lee Jones. Um, Christoph Waltz won in Django, but I mean, how does it not go to Philip Seymour Hoffman and the Master, folks? Yeah, that's a freaking disaster. Yeah. Oh, God. And the next year is Jared Leto for Dallas Buyers Club. What a. That was a shit. I will say, there is nothing. Like, it's such a fascinating phenomenon when you have something like Dallas Buyers Club, where like it hit at the exact yes, <laughs> when a bad movie happens. But no, when a movie hits at the exact right moment, mm-hmm. it gets all of this like award. Sorry, the look, <laughs> the look on Nick's face. I hate is, that like, movie. I, so I, the more that movie was like you were like like smelling the smell of death or something. It was just like it looked so grossed <laughs> out, but. That it hits the exact right moment. I, People want to oh. give McConaughey an award. They think they're being like super progressive about it, and but when the tide turns so quickly, like I think yeah. 
pretty much by the day after the Oscars, people were like, oh, this was a bad, this, this is bad. This is not, this is not oh, good. Oh, we had Michael Fassbender playing like the first real slave owner portrayal He's in like so modern good. movies. He's so good in that movie. And we had Chiwetel Ejiofor in the the lead role in that movie and it's like we'll give it to Jared Leto and McConaughey I mean they gave it to McConaughey so for upset. everything else they gave it to him for True you, Detective you, they gave it to him yeah, for Magic Mike yeah. like no, nobody liked Dallas Buyers Club <laughs> like yeah good yeah. lord do I hate that this movie. is hilarious that I know I, <laughs> at the end of last week we were talking about how like I, well, I was at least talking about how I didn't want to be a contrarian. Yeah. And then this whole time we've been shitting on Birdman. Okay, on I, I don't Fires think those Club. are contrarian opinions. Yeah, I, th- I, th- not I think well... it's. <laughs> oh, you haven't been on the Letterboxd community page. Re- One time someone I brought refuse. up Birdman, and I was like, eh, not my movie. And I got roasted. I refuse. I, I, yeah, I guess I just more am used to sort of like like reading critical takes or having conversations with like minded individuals. But yeah, yeah mm-hmm. I feel like. And not like Dark Knight is. Yeah, best. not not going under the IMDb like top. Right. Have you guys seen that? Message yeah, have you seen the like the someone screenshotted like the top fifty IMDb movies? Yeah, it's like going yeah. around Twitter, like how many of these have you seen? Um, and I saw like some comment was like, wow, like did only guys vote on this? And it's like, well, it's the top fifty IMDb, so yeah, probably. So, yeah. <laughs> It's like Dark Knight, Shawshank, like movies that I like. Because, Dark Knight rises. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus. I think that's movie. in the top 100. Movie. Um, and I've seen, movie. I think I looked and I've seen like 46 out of the 50 or something because these are. Right, know, right. Yeah. It's all like movies tentpole. that everybody's like, The Avengers. Okay. Um, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's not a. Not good. Um, yeah. We're we talking about Paul Greengrass, The Sight and Sound List. <laughs> <laughs> I had, I had, oh yeah, we got to John yes. Goodman. How did had, we get to John to Goodman? Back through it was my, all the people uh, who voted for uh, for Bicycle Thieves, which is a movie we talked about <laughs> a few <laughs> weeks saw, ago. I, I had to go back through my tabs to be like, why are we talking about Christoph Waltz we've, we've, right now? We've gone full uh, blank uh, check. Well, I was gonna say, yeah, we have lost the uh, <laughs> lost the plot a little bit. That's okay. Uh, How did Robert De Niro get Silver Linings um, Playbook? So I, I kind of like Silver Linings Playbook, I like guys. I know, no. I know. I think we've I, talked about this. this. You're not going to get any no, sympathy I, from I the know, I know, we've talked about this. And I realize that now I'm, I'm going to seem like one of those people who's defending Birdman or something. But um, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I kind of like it. Although De Niro, like, I don't know. He's not doing anything special. What did De Niro do He's in that movie, though? He's doing nothing special. He's doing apps. Like, that whole David O. Russell phenomenon where mm, where it's just I like I kind of hate David Russell too but like between the well, the fighter fine I think the fighter's pretty the good the fighter's fine okay the fi- yeah. fighter's fine it's but okay like, the fighter and like they gave it got a lot of attention Oscar nominations Bale wins like it's fine it was for right. Bale, Bale, and, Bale. And, the fighter was for Bale. and Melissa Leo as the mom one too and like that, that's, that's fine um, although I think Amy Adams is good in that movie and she was like the person who didn't get nominated. Um, but then to spring from that to go all in on not just Little Lightning's playbook, but American, American Hustle, Hustle, which is one of the worst movies I've ever seen. It's it so is. Bad. It is. It's. My mom put it on the TV for like five minutes and it was the scene with Robert De Niro oh, and they have Michael about, Pena faking as a, like a Saudi Arabian business entrepreneur. Yeah. I forgot about the, I was the Robert like, De Niro scene in that movie until just the second. Um, yeah. And I thought I would love it. Like I, 
I like those actors. That's a Jana I love movie. those that actors. Those costumes look movie. so cool. It's like a heist. They're gonna they gotta get over on all those guys. Like it seemed like something I would love and oh, it's just so actively bad. Did any of you guys see Joy? No. no. <laughs> oh, absolutely no. Okay. not. I remember Jennifer Lawrence beat someone that year to be for the nominee. Yeah, nominee. she got nominated over somebody that's but really I, egregious. I was got really yeah, mad. Speaking of my Oscar completism, like that was sort of right before I I really went all in on seeing all or as many of the uh-huh. nominees, and yeah, I just joy. No, that would have been one of those yeah. ones that's like, okay, like, what, I, don't <laughs> I just it. I don't need it. I don't think, yeah. Oh God, that was that was a rough one. Jen- Jennifer, Port- God, we could do a whole. We're gonna have to wrap up. I can't go down the Jennifer Lawrence <laughs> thing, but like, I really like Jennifer Lawrence, kind of in theory. But her career has gone. Such She's a insane. fine actress. Between the nominations for American Hustle and then Joy, it's just no, like, what are we no. doing? What? What are this? And her and wedding for Silver Lightning's playbook. Like, I saw somebody like a few weeks ago on Twitter. It was like a scientific article about like a giant star collapsing. Aww. And they just quote tweeted it and said Jennifer Lawrence, Lawrence after Joyce. God. Yeah. I, I mean, just too much. And it happens. She doesn't deserve she, that. But yeah. it, and it happens to people who they get too big, too fast, and people yeah. get sick of them. And then you have people like us who are like, why are people throwing awards at her? And that's not her fault. Um, so I'm glad no. she's laying. And then she got stuck in those X-Men movies that just right, just right. nosedived oh. off a cliff. Like, and I mean, she's she's good in the Hunger Games movies. She's she's, she's she is actually really good. She's in I never astounding. saw the last Hunger Games. Movie. I, neither did I. <laughs> the last Hunger Games was bad. Oh, the last Hunger Games was so and bad. I, I honestly, I was such a fan of those books. I I read them. I mean, I hmm. I was like this. That's sort of one of the last like YA things that I read as I sort of same, was like same, a- aging yeah. out at that point but I was like okay everyone likes these read them loved them first movie good catching fire great they did great catching, catching fire is so very good. good and then they do the stupid thing where they're like oh everyone else is splitting final movies into two books so let's do that I guess not realizing that everyone hates the second half of the final book and leaving mm-hmm. themselves with basically a movie yeah, of just nothing. garbage <laughs> just just all the bad yeah. parts <laughs> I honestly thought Mockingjay Part 1 was pretty good, yeah, too. Yeah, Mockingjay Part 1's fine. Yeah. But I, didn't, I, I didn't see I, either of those. I refused. I, that's what, I know. That's what I found so funny is that I saw Mockingjay Part 1, and then I was like, no, <laughs> just never bothered with the final one. Just don't. I don't need that in my life. Um, but Just think, though. We we live in a world where Roger where Robert De Niro has an Oscar nomination for Silver Lightning's Playbook and not The Irish. I know. Just let that sink into Nick's what? cold. Uh, I was thinking about it already. Trust what? me, it's always. <laughs> I'm trying to remember what the theory was on that. Like the Oscars already feel like they were 18 years ago, but I'm trying to remember there was some theory as to why how you get 10 Oscar nominations for The Irishman and no De Niro. Like the movie doesn't. Pacino got one. Yeah. Pacino got one. Pacino's good in it. Pacino's good in that movie. Pacino is is fine in The Irishman. You dumb but... motherfuckers! Parody. <laughs> 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 that, that scene where he calls them like dumb motherfuckers and then has to like tell Robert, I didn't mean you. He's like, yeah, no, not, not you. He's like, I'm standing in the room. Oh god! And you're wearing his little pajamas in the hotel. Oh. There's a, there's a lot. Of- <laughs> you guys really like your <laughs> like watermelon. <laughs> yeah. Okay, oh, I, yeah, it's a good movie. Um, what a weird time. I had something else I was gonna say about Oscars and God, I don't even know. I, what, what movie are we talking about? What podcast is this? 
high school thieves. thieves. Yes. It so, got uh, nominated for. Yeah. It, it got, got an, an Oscar. Oscar so. so all ties. There back you go. Um, we're gonna have to do an os- uh, an entire like just crapping on the Oscars special podcast so we can just get all of our all of our all of our takes yeah. out. We don't have to go down like rabbit holes during I episodes. I will say this movie, like, like we were saying, not that it's not an excellent movie, but there's just not that much to say. Like it's not like we had to really unpack the intricate plot threads of <laughs> Bicycle mm-hmm. Thief. So mm-hmm. we got room. It's fine. It's it's like just it's perfect. It's direct, and there's no flair. I'm I'm back looking at the the sight and sound list. So there's so there's multiple. Oh yeah, that's what I wanted to talk <laughs> so, about. I was gonna say that's where this started. There's multiple sight and there's two. They do like a director's poll and a critics poll, and those are separate. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah the the critics poll includes the directors, okay. and then the directors poll is just the directors. Yeah. Man, that's. <laughs> okay. I think it was high on the director. I control F'd on the Wikipedia page, sight and sound, and I got nothing. And I was like, what? Oh, there you go. And I was the, still in the art so of the Wikipedia the dire- page. The, I'm looking at the director's <laughs> poll list. And one, two, three, four. We've already covered four of the top ten of the last of the director's poll. Because it has 2001, Eight and a yeah. Half, Apocalypse Now, Apocalypse Now, and then Bicycle Days are all in the top ten. Have you guys heard of Louisiana Story? No. I haven't, no. and it was number five on the 1952 side. That's what's so poll. fun about going back and looking at mm. above greed and passion of Jonah about going Arc back and looking at those and rules of the game. Um, is this yeah? See movies like that that you've never heard of. Sun. Yeah. Oh, um, sunrise. Okay. I haven't seen that. Oh, sunrise is so good. I, have you seen sunrise, not. Jana? Oh, Jana, it's so oh, good. It's so good. Um, See that at some point. Yeah. Um, Sorry, interesting. Podcasting it's it's cool to see. Reading the, the side and sound. Yeah. <laughs> Citizen Kane's won a lot. It's won all of them except the first and the last one. So Vert, Vertigo oh, was number one. It's a good movie. Last time. I've never seen Vertigo. Yeah. Oh, it's a I good. Know. I know. It's very good. Yeah, because I've seen a lot of, I've seen a ton of Hitchcock. I just happen to have not seen Vertigo for whatever reason. I, uh, I really, they did a screening of it at uh, Senespia at the outdoor uh, Hollywood Forever Cemetery screenings last year. And it was like some weekend when I was out of town. Because I was like, oh, that would have been a really fun one to see like that. Mm-hmm. Um, gotta say, directors got it right in 2012 with Tokyo Story. Yeah. Is, yeah, they had it at number one, right? Yeah, that that is possibly my number one movie of all time. And hey, you just congratulations! Boom. I did just buy it on the Criterion Flash Sale. Got it right here. Yes. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. Do we well, want yeah, to do what we like, have watched or are going to watch or what we've been watching type thing? Oh yeah. Oh, wait, thumbs should up. we do Bicycle uh, like, Thieves? Good thumbs movie. Up, thumbs down, all that crap. Thumbs up. Yeah, thumbs up. Movie. It feels so good to give a thumbs up. You get it, guys. <laughs> You're, yep. You're bouncing, yeah, you're bouncing. It felt back. great to give it last time. Yeah. Fuck you. It did. It felt it great did. to give it to Belle du Jour, too. <sighs> it was my pleasure. Okay, Jenna, I think you're going to be the main yeah. deterrent here. What I, What did you rate it I out of I would give it a three and a half out of four. I, yeah, I, I, I considered oh. going three. I was kind of between a three and a three and a half. But I, as happened sometimes after we talked about it, I was like, no, you know, I, I feel three and a half. I think I feel good about that. Nick? All four, baby. Oh, me so too. Excited. 
Matt can I exciting. agree for once without Shannon? I know. Is this the first time the two me, of us probably. have given four so. while Shannon didn't? Yeah. Yeah. The center man. I mean, my contrarian nice. three and a half out of four star tag on Bicycle Thieves. <laughs> yeah, I know. Nick, I feel a real deep connection right now. This is great. You're like the, the Bruno to my Antonio. Sounds very cute. We need to Let's get Dylan a little jacket. That hit me. And, and, and have a, and have a, a failed uh, some, larceny attempt. Go have attempt. some pizza. It'll be okay. Yeah. Anyway, what, what do you guys plan on watching this week? Um, I'm going to watch The Big Sleep tonight. Oh! Um, so oh, yeah, we are watching That's the Big next Sleep. week's episode, and it's one of Matt's favorite movies. And so part that's part of his like birthday weekend. They just lined mm. up really well. Um, so we're going to watch that. And you've seen that one already, right? Oh, yeah. I've seen yeah. it a couple times. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I love that movie. Um, it's a Jana movie. I, it's, yeah, it's a very mean movie. I, I really love that. Um, mm-hmm. And then, so last night... As you guys already know, I watched Palm Springs and The Old Guard. So Palm Springs on Hulu, super good. Just really fun, really great rom-com. With like, so like, I mean, everyone knows it's like a, a Groundhog Day sort of rom-com, but the, the take they have on it was much better than I expected. Mm-hmm. Um, it's kind of a different take on that scenario than I have seen before and was expecting. And then watched The Old Guard, which is the Charlize Theron uh, Netflix action movie directed by Gina Prince Bythewood, um, and it is very fun and good. Oh my god! And I, was... I want them, and I want the, I want them to make like a million of them. Like I okay, want good. the sequel right <laughs> now. Um, I wasn't familiar because it's based on a comic book. I had no familiarity with this product oh, no. at all. Um, I could tell that like basically when it started, I'm like, this has got to be based on a comic book, and mm. it is. Um, it's great. Charlize is great. Kiki Lane's amazing. Is she Chua- ever not Ch- great? Chowetta Legiafor shows up in a supporting role. Yes. That I didn't know he was going to be in. Um, my Scandinavian, no, he's not Scandinavian, European boyfriend, Matthias Schoenhart, is in it as one of the main <laughs> characters. Um, I love him. He's great. So, yeah, I highly recommend both of those. And then I'm hoping to get to First Cow either this afternoon mm-hmm. or tomorrow also. Jenna. So, big movie weekend. Yes. Rank the three movies, Groundhog Day, Palm Springs, and Live, Die, and Repeat. Oh, gosh. Oh, three truly excellent movies. Indeed. Yeah. I probably would say, as of right now, Groundhog Day, one, Palm Springs, two, Live, Die, Repeat, three. But they're all, like, I mean, all eggs from me. Yeah, they're all great. Mm -hmm. And, And, again, three sort of different takes on on that scenario so mm-hmm. more, more of more of an infinite well than i would have expected based on like how many different ways can you do this uh but it works what about you guys what have you been watching dylan i've only been watching the i was so i so i had a bad ear infection which you guys know which relegated me to the couch and i got almost no personal time <laughs> and so i've just been stuck whatever sure. watching it my parents are watching which do at you least watch, that, so you, you don't have a tv in your room or anything, no. or like, do you ever watch movies on your laptop or anything? I I, I do. In your room, that's probably the main way I watch most of the movies. Um, so I didn't have a, a movie this week outside of the Bicycle Thieves, which I hope that's I can. That's all right. Have I some... don't a lot of weeks. I I'm not sure if I'm ready to watch First Cow yet. I I, I know I'm going to have to be in like the right mood to get through another Kelly Record movie. I I get the sense that this one is one of her like gentler 
movies. That's good. Um, based on what just sort of the Twitter reaction has been, people seem to it seems to be like a sweet one. I don't, I don't mm-hmm. think any. Well, I can't speak for what happened to the cow, but no dogs seem to be imperiled, at least. God, Wendy oh, and Lucy was. I just hugged Chappelle for so long Aww, after that movie. Um, I am still... Jenna, are we still planning on watching Avatar Last Airbender, M. Night Shyamalan's yes. movie this week? Yes, that is also on my list for this week. Awesome. Is, uh, the bad, the bad uh, Avatar movie. So. And uh, we're planning on a podcast with our good friend of the pod, Scott Brady, mm-hmm. cover Can't artist. Come on and talk Avatar with us. Yeah. Um, we will see how that goes. And we might... I feel like our letterbox distribution will be like a lot of fives, quite a lot of four and a half. And a lot of like Some ones. fours, nothing, <laughs> and then half a star. Oh, well, there you go. All so, right, what about you, Nick? What did yeah. you watch? Um, the best thing I watched was a Hungarian movie called The Red and the White, which was uh, very, very good. Um, I watched Sound of Music for the first time in like probably almost three decades. Okay, not the first time ever, but the first time as no, a grown-up. No, no, yeah, yeah, but the first time, like I, I didn't really remember any of it. Mm-hmm. Um, I shared your specifically, your like review I, I know the with songs my mom because <laughs> like Christopher Plummer was like her hot stuff. Her like I mean, her first. He's movie. everyone's hey, hot in stuff. That movie? in that movie, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. He's a dreamboat. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, it's 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 decent. That movie's way too fucking long. Like, there's no there's no Jesus. reason for that movie to be I as just, long as it is. It's insane. Just saw your like, it's out of control. What what like what are they thinking? Yeah, it's it's um, too long. I haven't seen The Sound of Music yeah. uh, in a long time in any other context than the Hollywood Bowl. When you could go to the Hollywood Bowl, does a yearly um, Sound of Music sing along, and so mm. you go oh, and they that play on the big so screen. Bad. Um, I mean, it's all outdoors, and you can bring your own wine. So it is a good. Um, <laughs> I have Jenna I have gotten good. I have gotten well and totally trashed when I was in law school. Um, <laughs> you you have a lot of music. time to drink wine during sound music. You that's kind of what I was saying is yeah. like you get some of those boring stretches um, and like people dress up in costumes and stuff. And I like, can't like, imagine a bunch of people seeing the climb every mountain trying to hit the high notes that. <laughs> happens when you go to events like this in LA there's always like people who can like actually really sing who are of just doing course. a bunch of showing off you know oh, that's but there's that, a bunch of people like me that's trying to sing and it's just like oh <laughs> exactly, shut up me yeah so it's uh, but yeah no that all of that is to say I can't imagine oh. just sitting down and watching the sound of music like oh it's very long yeah. I did watch a movie this week what? I did I did I watched something else it was the Hamilton release oh yeah, oh, yeah. I, watched, I watched Hamilton twice this week so <laughs> there is that yeah, I watched it probably more than that yeah um Evie very likes watching King George spit up uh, oh. like... <laughs> that's funny <laughs> my mom okay what were you talking about that mo- that afterwards my mom was like oh, poor Jonathan Groff it must have been so embarrassing they had a close-up of him when he was spitting we were just like <laughs> it's like no that's a uh... Yeah, he'll be all right. Yeah, kind, of the, <laughs> kind of the vibe, Point. but uh, yeah. yeah, good, good movie, mm-hmm. good. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, so that, it for us? that'll right. wrap it up yeah. for this week. Uh, oh crap! I always forget to write the closing. Um, you can find us on Letterbox and Twitter at Great Movies Pod. Uh, shout out to our friend Scott Brady, who will hopefully be on our next podcast for the Midweek Pod. Um, you can find him at S Brady Artist on Twitter. 
And please tell me that's all that I didn't miss anything. Yeah, we already said that. that we already said next week's movie is The Big Sleep. Yes. Um, and it is available to rent at all of your standard rental locations. It's, is it not sure. streaming anywhere? It doesn't appear to be streaming anywhere, so. okay. but it's rentable. Your Amazons, Googles, iTunes, all of that. So it's in my opinion. It's worth the the three ninety nine to uh, check it out. It's, yeah, a, it's, it's a fun movie. movie. That is going to be hard to. Uh, Summers. Yeah, that's we'll talk about yeah, it we'll next talk. Week, it's, it's who has that? What should you two? In, it's Jen. I guess it's te- no, it's technically Nick. I I was Belle de Jour. Oh, so. that's right. yeah, I'm ready. But, I'm um, ready. There's a, there's I, a, I think we can solve there's, it. I was gonna say, there's a quote from um, what's his name? I don't want to. I always get it backwards. Uh, Raymond is it Chandler. Raymond Chandler? I always gonna say Raymond Carver, and that is a different guy. <laughs> there's a quote from Raymond Chandler where he basically says he doesn't even know what that movie's about or what happens in it. So, and uh, he wrote the book. So, <laughs> <laughs> we'll talk about it next week. It'll be fun. All right. Yes. All right that's uh, that's all. All right. That's it. Roger yeah. out. Bye, guys. Roger out. Roger Bye. Out. Uh, we went longer than the movie again, I think. And when I go to the movies, I am that person on the screen. I am having vicariously an experience that happened to someone else. And that makes me a better person. That to see good films and to see important films is one of the most profoundly civilized experiences that we can have as people. All right. Well, it's... Sucks to have to do this. <laughs> Why? <laughs> I hate doing the intro. All right. <clears throat> so many Italian Welcome. names, too. Fuck, Nick! <laughs> <laughs> I like that we both said oh the exact same way. <laughs> oh. <laughs>